close. It's a good delivery. And Kissy And it's in! Joe Kissy! And Jacob Greaves has touched it in! Welcome back to the Anytime Notebook. Uh, we're here every single week to mark your card for the weekend across the EFL. Some more set-piece threats, continuing our form with rampaging win-backs and some forward-thinking holding midfielders. Chuck them all in a pot and we're welcome inside the Anytime Notebook. Regular listeners, welcome back. New listeners, great to have you on board. I tell you all who it is also good to have on board, as always, John Bywater. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Gav. Yeah, you can't get me off board even if you wanted to. A midweek that was full of optimism didn't quite turn out that way. Um, a card that offered so much, but all it left me feeling was that there was a small joyous moment where the words Morecambe, Tranmere and Jordan Turnbull were uttered on Sky Sports News. I was, I was excited for about four seconds before I'd worked out what had happened. But um, we've had a fair few OGs this year. Yeah. Don't get paid. I think, that, I think that's uh, I think that's four OGs by our selection. That's uh, <laughs> four OGs. It's quite a big prize, four. I would suggest. There you go. Four mini heart attacks as we jump in the air and think someone scored before we see OG. Never mind. We continue to um we continue to plow on. Uh, a small mention on the blog, I should mention. We didn't mention him on the podcast, podcast but uh, Boson Lowell at Fleetwood. Um, oh, I yes. put him up on the blog as, as in the Jew Index. Mind you, all of that, all of that Jew Index talk was about him being busy in and around the area. It wasn't about him being a threat from 30 yards where he smashed one in with his with his left foot, 22 to 1 to repeat that feat against Barnsley. John, any reflections from midweek? Uh, yeah, the first reflection is uh, how come we never get any of the goals like Wes Hardin's where the keeper sort of fell on it? Um, <laughs> it literally <laughs> fell through the keeper. It was <laughs> We never seem to get those, but, you know, it might happen one day. Um, Joe Rankin-Costello scored for the uh, incorrect price mob. Um, that Again, that was a bit of a keeper dodgy moment. That was a funny, funny uh, week, a midweek program for a lot of goalkeeping errors for some reason on Tuesday mm. and yeah it was good to see Brad Hill's score what we needed him to do in August and I think in September as well well I thought that was a great header just came powering in and overpowered the uh, fullback yeah some good, some good goals words. from Accrington in that game very good absolutely some kind words from John Coleman after as well um, about Brad Hill's Tough weekend, I thought, looking ahead. Um, it's a kind of weekend where kind of every centre-half you kind of wanted to back a kind of 10, 12 to 1. There's a lot of players out, a lot of market seems to have caught up with a lot of vulnerabilities. We'll talk a bit about what QPR, maybe Accrington, Morecambe later on as well, who all seem to be missing players. But if you're looking for opportunities in those games where you think you found a good spot, you're probably not going to walk into some of the prices you might have expected. Um, John, you're going to look later on at some of the immediate impacts at clubs that have changed their manager as well, which is a oh, yes. great insight there. People should look forward to. Um, certainly some angles to take. Um, should we start off with the due index? I've got a selection in the due oh. index, actually. Um, should I, should I kick us off? Index. Go for it. Che 
Charlie Dunkley, uh, Shrewsbury centre-back. Five shots in the last three. He's had one cleared off the line against Barnsley in midweek, which he's followed up with a far post header as well. He let high through a header on target against Derby last weekend. Some scrambly efforts at Cambridge the week before that. Scored in the home season opener against Burn. It's going to be like returning home this weekend. The Shrews head to Wigan where the 31-year-old has made over 100 appearances. Lots to like here. You know, five-goal season last season for Dunkley. Old-school former club selection for us, but we get some recent productivity thrown in as well. The only downside, I think, is Shrew's away record, but let's get the 14s on side here. For what I still think is one of League One's biggest threats from set pieces, yeah, I'll kick us definitely. off with um, with a due-index nap of a point on Shea Dunkley, 14-1. to one. Um, oh. I didn't. I, the only other player I had in the due index was Harry Darling, who I know you'd noticed as well. I think we think Swansea are, yeah, Swansea are returning to set piece supremacy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, like you say, and also with Darling, his price has gone back to a sort of sensible level. Um, I think he was about, I think he might be about 14's top this weekend, which isn't too bad. He was heading single figures territory end of last season. Um, you've got the stats there, haven't you? Have you got the stats to hand? Oh, what for Darling? Just noted, yeah, we're six, six shots, four on target, last three games. Look, there's, there's what we know about Harry Darling. There's a few kind of long-range efforts just to pad out some of the data there. But actually against Watford, there was probably two guilt-edge chances. I think the first one I saw after about five minutes was a free header. Actually, it probably there's probably an angle there. Probably should be looking at Watford a little bit more, but but there was both headers he's had a pretty much unchallenged um, healthy XG, but should have put at least one away, particularly particularly the first, and he had a chance it's late. Worth, as well, um, didn't he? Yeah, worth noting in that game as well, which isn't on the XG. Uh, Christian Pedersen, um, please wait for the last day of the season system, Christian. Um, <laughs> don't, don't worry, listeners, that one's coming out. If he's if he's still at Swansea by then, and um, we're still going. Uh, he, had, he had a goal disallowed for no obvious reason from a corner. Um, the referee said it was for pulling, but I looked absolutely nothing in it. And because it was disallowed, that gets chalked off all the XG. So Pedersen actually did score from a corner. So I, I think Swansea are definitely, even just the last few weeks, have really picked up on the set play side of things. So they're a side to look at. Is that the first... Uh... 2023-24 mention of hidden XG, John. It's... Oh yeah, I didn't say yeah, but it's the uh, hidden, the disallowed XG system there. That's yeah. it. It's the hidden XG needs its own jingle as well. We'll we'll sort <laughs> that out. Sharpish. Um, anything else in the championship, John? For you? Um, well, sticking with that game, actually, I thought the sort of player I mention every now and then, Sirilata uh, for Watford. Um, mm-hmm. He's gone back to centre back, and he I thought he got up really well for a corner. Just just headed it over. Um, he sort of comes and goes on the threat. And at the start of the season, he was playing more as a defensive midfielder. Um, looking at, I watched the highlights back of that game and read a few reports. Watford seemed to have gone from quite a swashbuckling side at the start of the season to now a very dour one. Um, if you look at the highlights and the sort of the pitch map and all that for that game. The fullbacks now are staying right back um, rather than early in the season they were getting on and as far forward as anyone, as we mentioned a few times. So for whatever reason, Watford seemed to have really shut the... try and just 
sort of sit in a bit more. So I thought that was fairly interesting. But yeah, I think the main takeaway from that midweek anyway would be Swansea for me as a team. Swansea. Um, only other thing on my notes, QPR are going to have Jimmy Dunn suspended, aren't they? I think Jay Clark Salter was hooked at half-time with an injury, although judging by some QPR fans' reactions, um, it doesn't sound like he's been trying hard to stay fit this season, which I can certainly kind of empathise when he was at our place. He's already got Morgan Fox and Steve Cook on the... Um, on the uh, on the injury bench, uh, plus already, you know, regardless of all of that, one of the worst set pieces side in the division. Trouble is, take your pick with with Leicester. Vestergaard probably brings the best data to the table, but he's three or four points shorter than Wout Fakes at 11s. Happy to leave that. Had my hair cut by a Leicester fan this morning who didn't oh. know who they were playing this weekend, so I proceeded to tell him and then said he just started supporting them after they won the Premier League. Then, oh, that's um, fantastic! I said I'm a Coventry fan, and he didn't. He didn't. I thought, oh, we'll have a good bit of banter here with, and he, he, he completely clueless, had no idea there was any kind of rivalry. <laughs> so, 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 I hope you walked out halfway through. You've got a lopsided head of hair now. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe maybe I've got like yeah, Premier League champions cut into the back of my hair and I haven't quite realised it yet. I, I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say I had my hair cut by Wout Fez I thought that's so <laughs> I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go to Wout Fez for hair cut advice but um, with that what about um, was it James Justin scored didn't he what price is he is he um, that was a good header I thought not that he's norm- uh, he normally um, normally a big threat but he was a when he before he got that bad injury in the Premier League days, I always yeah. thought he was quite threatening going forward. Uh, shorter than we'd think, uh, eleven to one. Mm, okay, but you're probably better off going with Fez than not, you really. But. Happy to leave that game though. Like, like I said, very much the theme of the day: some shorter set piece threats than we would have expected. Um, the more lengthy chat about the championship than we normally have, John, because it starts to get exciting when we get down into League One and League Two. What about Lasse Sorensen, huh? Uh, well, it just it, it kind of sums up our podcast, that really, doesn't it? Good old. <laughs> we, I'd have, I'd been, have to remind uh, myself, he didn't score, did he? I'd have to, he didn't score. No, he, he had he 11, 11, 11 shots. 11. Yes, right, 11. Um <laughs> He's very much the Joe Rankin Costello of this week, I feel. Um, <laughs> for, for those who don't know, he played more as a, well, he did play as a right winger. Uh, as we said, 11 shots, nearly, I think, just under one XG. He is, however, still 10 to 1 with uh, 365 at the time of recording, as short as 7 to 2 with nearly everyone else. Uh, if he plays as a right winger again, then probably around 372 is about right. But 365 are ignoring that. So if you're uh, able to, then the, the 10 to 1 is obviously wrong. But there we go. Yeah, reeling them in. I thought, in ter- um, you know, attacking wing backs turned forward players. That's not correct. I don't know why I said that. But um, <laughs> Jasper Pattenden for um, for Wickham, who we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, right back for, for Wickham, who are playing well. Um, had probably his most productive output for Wickham. Um, against uh, was it Bolton 
in midweek. I think. Yeah, Bolton. Uh, yeah, yeah, four shots, a couple on target. Saw a couple of those. Looks like he's going to have a goal in him soon enough. 15 to 2, the best price against Oxford this mm. weekend. And I also noted that Rob Hunt scored a goal in professional association football for Leighton Orient, which was it. Rob Hunt's been on the list and he plenty of, I'm sure. I remember yeah, that's a, that's a rarity. That is a rarity, um, yeah, from, from a long time ago. But John, you were looking at, um, at Cheltenham are of, are of interest, uh, one of a number of clubs that have uh, kind of changed their manager and hope to change their fortunes. You had a closer look. Yeah, I got you mentioned, the old, uh, You mentioned a while back out. that they were... Yeah, you mentioned a while back that they were, you know, more of an attacking threat. And I think that's played out in what you're seeing. Yeah, I think so. I thought um, we had a little bit of time yesterday, so I had a look at the sides that have recently changed managers, really. And uh, so you've got Cheltenham, Lincoln, League One, and uh, NK Dons in League Two, the sides I looked at. So with Cheltenham, I think it's just encouraging signs if you want to get involved in their games, really, more than anything. Um, obviously, this season they've been in very low goal games because they haven't scored a goal barely all season, which do- which doesn't help. Um, but I just thought, okay, they were 3-0 three, three down and then 3-1 down when they started the second half away at Blackpool midweek. But there's plenty of those lower sides that wouldn't have then put four forward on the pitch. Um, uh, Daryl Clark stated after that he isn't just going to sit in and get beaten when we're behind we have to have a go especially away so I think that's a good sign of of what he's trying to do and rather than just saying it they did do it he changed the formation about three times in that second half Um, and okay they still lost but it did work to a certain degree only lost 3-2 in the end Uh, this weekend they go to Clark's former club, Port Vale, which I think is an interesting course, game to look yeah. at, actually. It, when you first look at this game, you think, oh, that's going to be a bit of a dour, you know, nil one, one nil or whatever. But Port Vale haven't haven't scored in the last five games, but they've had a hard run of fixtures. So I think they'll see this as a game where they can get on the front foot a little bit more. Uh, and looking at, as I just mentioned, Clark's comments, um, if Cheltenham do go a goal down, they're going to, or even two down, they're going to keep going and, and put everyone forward. Mm. Now, at the shorter end of shorter end of the market, not that he's that short, but I thought this is my first selection as well. I thought the young forward Will Goodwin is um, really enjoying life under Clark. He barely played this season until Clark took charge, but he's played every minute of Clark's league game so far. Uh, scored scored twice at Blackpool midweek, which I thought would scupper the price, but. He's actually nine to two, which I think is very fair for a, for a forward. Um, I can't see why he won't continue to play him. He's he's leaving out. He's left, he's left out Aidan Kenner even from the squad um, in favour of this youngster, Will Goodwin. Like I say, barely a minute till Clark took over. Uh, spoke very highly of him. So the first selection while we're on the the topic is a one point win. Will Goodwin nine to two for Cheltenham at Port Vale. Um, I've got to be honest, Gav, I was so desperate to put up Louis Freestone. Um, <laughs> that'll get some sniggers from uh, everyone. 25 to 1. Um, I have a blind spot for Freestone. I don't know why, because he's got one in 107, as I mention every time. Yeah, well, last time I mentioned him, I think it was one in 88. So it's been a little while, but he's had two good chances in the five games that Clark has been in charge for. Um, basically, it, he just gets slightly more chances than Tom Bradbury does. So 
but he just doesn't score. But if I'm right about this change of approach, well, I'm pretty sure that that is going to be correct. Then I think Freestone will score soon, which I've said before. Um, but then I've had a look at Port Vale and they are pretty good at defending set of plays. So I'm sort of reluctantly, not reluctantly, I'm leaving Freestone loan on this occasion. So we'll just stick with the one point on uh, Will Goodwin. Actually, a very interesting game. It's like you said, lots of reasoning behind yeah. Port Vale's um, recent run. But then you yeah, often it's you run into... You run in, it's not as bad as it looks, but you run into a home game against, you know, people, they would have been pinpointing this game as a, a chance to play someone in and around them rather than those towards the top of the table. It has a funny way of just adding a bit of pressure to, to, onto the home team, doesn't it, when there's a bit of a bit of expectation. So, um, yeah, it does look Definitely. a good chance. Like you say, Clark, Clark heading back to to Vale Park is um, a nice little angle as well. Um, just before you talk about um, another side that's that's changed their manager recently, just worth mentioning other, others on my notes. Reading gave up seven chances from corners against Lowly Fleetwood. Um, not quite as poor as against Charlton last mm. weekend, but you certainly can see set pieces being the order of the day against Portsmouth. But another, you know, another good example: Regan Paul, eleven to one. Connor Shaughnessy who was let go by Reading as a youngster. He's ten to one. I said, continuing the theme of just one of those weeks where the centre halfs in those good uh, spots that we want to back them in. Just a little bit, a point or two shorter than where. Doesn't where seem ridiculous prices for those two, though. Mm-hmm. Um, considering mm-hmm. some of them this week. Um, I think Paul's been shorter than that recently, isn't he? So maybe some, maybe some, maybe some value there. Then, um, what about Lincoln then, John? Yeah, I mean, this is very early days. It's only two games, so you can't get carried away. And they're, they're playing the same shape on paper as they did under Kennedy, four five one. Um, we've already mentioned Lasse Sorensen, who probably has had the most mentions on this podcast this season out mm-hmm. of any player. Um, as stated earlier. Uh, played as a genuine right winger um, in midweek, so we already know about that. But I don't know someone I thought I'd be putting up, but I'm not quite enamoured enough with the prices. One of your loanies, Coventry loanee Jack Burrows, who actually played where Sorensen usually plays, sort of right wing back role, or, or can play uh, just behind Sorensen midweek. One good driving run <clears throat> from deep and into the area and, and another one where he got inside the box for a cutback from open play and it was a poor shot to be honest but it was I thought it was encouraging how far forward he was getting as well um, about 12 to 1 is best for someone who hasn't scored a career goal I can't quite pull the trigger I mean he hasn't played a lot of games in the scheme of things because he's still young but it's just a He's, he's he's sort of nagging away at me, but I want I think I want his sixteen minimum, so we'll leave him. But I think he might be someone who uh, is worth keeping an eye on for future weeks. Yeah, it's calls this week for him to be uh, called back into the Coventry squad after our people are less than enamoured with the form of of our wing backs at the moment. Can play on either side. As you mentioned his name there, I just remembered a couple of seasons ago. I think I was, I think he was, I think I was sat next to his granddad at the CBS for some reason and uh, I didn't know at the time but he was obviously a proud granddad I think he'd just gone on loan I think it was Scotland Ross County or somewhere like that and um, That's right, yeah, he was, was telling me about his um, 
do you know Jack Bowers? Yeah, I know Jack Bowers. Yeah, oh, he's, I mean, he's my uh, grandson. Oh, okay, okay. And then, yeah, and then, you know, extremely. I'm, I'm sure he, that was about the 50th time he'd mentioned that to someone that day, but it was good to see anyway, and I'm glad to see that he's doing well. That sounded very cynical of me, didn't it? But I, honestly, no, I it was... Uh, yeah, he had more knowledge than the uh, Leicester hairdresser then. He did, just, yeah, just... Yeah. Um, I've, uh, before we leave League One for the um, for the dizzy heights of League Two, um, I got one more bet just here. I'm sure everyone knows what's coming. That Sam Lavelle shot creation train oh. keeps on running. Uh, the latest midweek a corner that's dropped on his feet from six yards out has just gone over. If you're still counting, I think we mentioned him in the due index and various points over the last few weeks. That's 10 shots, almost two and a half XG since the start of the season. He takes that form to a Cambridge side that are averaging half a goal XG from set pieces since match day one. He gets one more chance here um, with the notebook point at another huge 28 to one. I'll just talk a little bit about Carlisle here because I think that bottom half of League One maybe deserves a bit of further scrutiny if anyone's got time. I think there's... As this league begins to kind of like break up, there's plenty of discrepancy. If we're, you know, Cheltenham and Reading are pretty bad, but Fleetwood, Wigan, Northampton, I've got Exeter as well. They've all kind of like picked up points from teams in and around themselves. Carlisle have been, well, they played six of the top 10 on the road already, barely played a bottom half side. Interestingly, I know Joey Barton's left Bristol Rovers, but Bristol Rovers are four from five against the bottom half, but, you know, haven't laid a glove on the top half. So there's lots of, there's lots of teams in the bottom half of that league one that are, you know, uh, picking up points against the sides in and around them. But I think Carlisle are probably one of those that they look to have had a pretty tough run of things recently. And you know, I look at their last four defeats, Wickham, Derby, Portsmouth and Orient. You're looking at probably four of the top eight in terms of XG ratio, the kind of data that, that, I, that I like to look at. Cambridge had an infinitely easier run, but they haven't won a game of football in nearly two months. I thought that... Carlisle were pretty good at Portsmouth and they won at Bolton. I think they bring some pretty solid away form into that game here. I think um, for the 1x2 crowd, uh, I think Carlisle uh, away at Cambridge looks a good spot for the away side here and uh, we'll hopefully back that up with, point, like I say, a point on Sam LaBelle at 28-1 to 1 as well. We're done and dusted with League 1, I think, John. Let's head into League 2. Um, should we, it's been a few weeks since we... Um, Poured scorn on Mike Williamson, um, but you've had oh, a, yes. <laughs> you've had a closer look at our, MK our, our good friend Mike, um, Mike the Messiah Williamson, as I'm calling him now. Uh, again, only had two games on in charge on in charge on charge, um, so you know he can't get too carried away with things yet. But not much change on the shape on paper. Uh, I noticed the first game against Accrington, I think, was it. He did change the formation a couple of times in the game. But against Bradford in midweek, seemed to go back to roughly the shape they're playing before. However, the, um, well, certainly one player who's um, very much enjoying life under Williamson is uh, left wing back uh, in name only, really, Joe Tomlinson. Uh, scored against Bradford, three shots, two on target. Had another good chance against Accrington. Um, even the, looking at it from a, sort of data point of view, even the Accrington chance was more than the rest of his season combined. Um, so I don't know why, but he's um, certainly had a big uplift so far under Mike. Again, only two games. 
Uh, Swindon this weekend looks a lovely matchup, but uh, for someone who hasn't done really much until the last two games, I thought 17 to 2 was mm, probably about right, but couldn't quite select him. Uh, I think the, these wing backs are hard to select. I've said that before, but okay, they're not really wing backs, but there's just something in the back of my mind that. Um, the good old days, Gav, when the fullback he didn't get forward, he was thirty-three to one. <laughs> <laughs> they never, never went, never went into the opposition half, so that probably wasn't good old days, was it? <laughs> There's, you need to figure out who your wing backs are, aren't you? Because you need to. If I think oh. of someone like Milan Van Ewick, for example, or what's your commentary? He is a wing back that hugs the touchline and gets to the byline, whereas oh. you've got like well I guess Solomonson another good example you've got wing back who used to would cross the halfway line and is cutting inside and going towards goal so you've you've got to um hey you've got to watch the fact they got wing back in their name is not enough you've they come in all shapes and sizes some of them there for supply some of them there for goal threats um so yeah find out which one your, I know which one you'd rather back. <laughs> no. you, but I thought I had, I had to think about this because I thought if Tomlinson's getting further forward, which he is, then surely my old friend Cameron Norman should be. Um, mm-hmm. But while he's played both games, every minute in both games, he hasn't really positionally changed a lot. If anything, he's gone sitting in a little bit more. So for that, you know, again, it's two games. So part of me thinks. Maybe they'll push him further forward as well. But again, 12 to 1 on this season, 12 to 1 isn't great. But I, I do like the matchup against Swindon. Swindon give up a lot in open play. So that that looks, again, is, potentially a high goal is, game. Is, um, Kemp won't be allowed to play, will he? Will he? No, Kemp, Kemp will be ineligible. So that's a big, uh, big miss. So, um, yeah. I mentioned, uh, yeah, go on. No, go on, mate. That's right. No. Uh, I mentioned uh, it felt League Two, similar to QPR, but a league of disappearing defenders. So, Accrington should oh, yes. be without Brad Hills and Jay Rich Bagioglu. I say should because of the drama that we had with. Oh, no. Was it they Jay definitely Williams? are. It's not. It's not Jay Williams. They definitely are. I watched the uh, press yeah, that was <laughs> that was odd. No one quite. No one quite figured that out. No. As we we expected, Jay Williams to be suspended. Uh, Morecambe have got. Jacob Badu suspended, Connolly suspended, Warson's doubtful as well. Yeah. They face Wimbledon. Um, as you've said, John, in your notes, say good luck with finding um, a Wimbledon angle from set pieces. But I think you found another angle for, for the game. Yeah, I mean, you, you've mentioned a few. You've mentioned a few that are suspended and possible for Morecambe. They've also got uh, Stuart Moore, the keepers, out injured. He needs an operation. Uh, Donald Love's doubtful, defensive midfielder. Tatonda's doubtful, fullback. Uh, Taylor's out, King's out. Um, I see you ever mentioned it. May is suspended as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they could be, the, at best, they will be a little bit short and they could be very short, uh, Morgan. So that was the first game I looked at, really, for that reason. Um, also, Again, it, we're not that far into the season, but Wimbledon home and Wimbledon away are a different beast at the moment. Um, no. At home, they seem very stuttery for whatever reason. Can't get going. Um, got absolutely demolished by Accrington midweek. Um, but away, they seem to be doing the job quite well. So, as you say, that there's no way... I had a look through the defenders for Wimbledon. 
Barr is goal. Ryan Johnson has done basically nothing. Same comments for Joe Lewis. Um, mm. I thought Jack Curry might be the one, but uh, his attacking numbers seem, well, I'd say way down since all that speculation about going to Bristol City. Um, so it still seems to be getting quite a good review. So just not sure why he's not getting into those areas anymore. So then we go on to the midfielders, and I was pleasantly surprised with the price for Amani Little, 17-2. to two. So I'll have a one-point win on the uh, midfielder there. Now he's got a 90-minute average of uh, 0.13 XG this season, which is pretty fair. He plays most minutes, and he's got a slightly higher uh, outbet in away games. So much like Wimbledon, it's probably not really to do with him. It's more to do with Wimbledon. Um, yeah, so he's just someone who sort of tips away with a couple of chances a game. So we'll have one point win Armani Little at 17 to 2. Very good indeed. A uh, couple of other thoughts from League Two. Uh, that Colchester set piece data finally found a bio in Zach Mich- Mitchell, mm. although I'm not too sure he knew much about it. It seemed to hit him on the line, but so what? Him and Connor Hall, still big prices to go in against that Atkinson side. Um, this weekend, very, very nearly landed on a on a Colchester set piece, but not quite. Um, Rio Adebisi continues his production, just eight to one nowadays against the Harrogate side, still vulnerable against those in the top half. Um, just look through every single game, Adebisi, just two games this season, two league games where he hasn't returned some sort of production. It was the same in, in midweek, so he continues to be on the list. And someone who I haven't mentioned in ages, uh, Liam Gordon, um, left back for Warsaw. Oh, yes. um, Certainly had the best of it against Crawley. He's restricted to kind of half chances. Often when you see some of the shots that he's had, they're kind of like long range. And But actually, you know, um, improved the quality of his performances. Seemed to pick up the ball on the left in midweek with a bit more a bit more kind of vigour driving into the box. So three quality chances. Certainly should have converted at least one. I think the last, the last one kind of comes out to him just, just behind the penalty spot and he's just wrapped his left foot around it and dragged it past the far post. But um, yeah, Liam Gordon back on the fringes of the notebook with some good attacking output for Warsaw there. Um, I think that's just about me, John. A reminder of what we landed on. A point on Sam Lavelle at Carlisle at 28 to 1. And I've got a point on Shay Dunkley. 14 to 1 for Shrewsbury as he heads back to Wigan. Uh, what about you, John? Yeah, we've got a uh, point on Will Goodwin at 9 to 2 for Cheltenham as they go to Port Vale, and a point on Amani Little at 17 to 2 for Wimbledon at Morecambe. What a fantastic notebook that was. Uh, fresh off um, some nearlies and some maybes in midweek. John, yeah, we're down to our um, last little bit of profit. As we said, that James Tilly oh. Brace uh, was doing a lot of heavy lifting. 71 bets we've had in total over, what were we, just towards the end of October. That's not too bad. Stakes just over 69 points, a profit of 0.75 pence, which will, I tell you what, if you said to anyone that this podcast would manage to break even uh, come November That was a big price, yeah. That was a big old price. Uh, so um, uh, we, we we do our best work uh, when the chips are down, though, John. So um, let's see if we do can we? add to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll try that. <laughs> we'll try that. Um, we're, John. we're more entertaining than a um, Stevenage press conference with Steve Evans. That's the that's the thing guaranteed. I did like that. What did uh, 
Or did Joey Barton call him this week? The Weebly. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Weeble kept weebling on the pitch. <laughs> that, that ended well for old Joey. But yeah, if, if, you, don't, if you want to save yourself 15 minutes every week, um, this is how the uh, Stevenage press conference goes with old Mr. Evans. It starts with a uh, poor interview chap who sounds very scared of Steve, which uh, I don't blame him. And he, he says this every week. He says, well, Steve, uh, I said we don't want to talk about the officials anymore. Uh, Steve just completely cuts him off and spends ten <laughs> spends ten minutes saying that the ref, whoever was the ref for the last game, is a disgrace and shouldn't be in the profession. Uh, yeah, he doesn't doesn't mince his words, old Steve. He then spends this is the best bit. He spends the next two minutes say, slating the appointment for the next game, even though they haven't been made at the time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and then this week he started having the guy Howard Webb for the appointment that he's yet to make. He said, "I, I know, I know, we're going to get a bad ref. It doesn't matter." Um, at, at this point, every week he then goes on a rant about how he doesn't want to be appointed a young ref who's been fast tracked up the league, but he also doesn't want a referees stuck at League One level. So I don't know who he does want because there's not really anyone else left. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Steve Evans with a whistle in his mouth. Uh, yes. Um, then this, this is another good bit. Whoever they've played in the last game, he, he will say something like this. He will say, um, you can't give this, this example. It was Chris Martin. He said, you can't give a boy of Martin's quality. Then he mentions his wages, whoever it is. Uh, you can't give him the quality. You can't give him the time of his quality and wages. The time from forty yards out, and the boy still showed his quality. That's why he's played at the top level. Then, then he'll go on a thing about how he's paid more than anyone at Stevenage, um, but without saying it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this midweek, we, for some reason, he then got out a trombone and started playing it, which is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is not usual. So, yeah, it's basically like an AI press conference every week, apart from the trombone. So, <laughs> copy, copy and paste. Jamie Reid, another goal midweek. He's, uh, oh, that was a good off, shout by you. One off, one off Bishop or something like that. I'll have to dig out that anti post slip a little bit later on. Um, to see how disappointed I'll be when he finishes fifth. That's why I'll dig yes, that out. That's, uh, <laughs> just to cheer you John. Up. Just to cheer me up, uh, a fantastic podcast, insightful as ever. Some great um, analysis there on the um, on the uh, sides with new managers. I'm sure there'll be something to watch over the course of the next few weeks, and some decent selections there to to give us a run for our money on Saturday afternoon. John, pleasure as always. Um, let's do the same again next week, shall we? We certainly shall, and we are still in profit. This could be the last time we say this in. 2023-2024 <laughs> Be lucky everyone whatever you're back in and we'll speak next week